Welcome to Gamewoven, a collaborative storytelling collective building the world one game at a time. This week, we will be playing Hearts of Magic, Threads Untangled by Erica Shepard. If you like what we're doing here, you can follow us on Twitter at Gamewoven, where you can join our Discord. And check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamewoven. on the Game Woven podcast. We joined our characters at an evening of entertainment hosted by Proctor Curie. A discussion over dinner was interrupted by Salted Meat. Erstella Vance, master of the shadow agents known as Lunas, shared a measure of his divine radiance with Nockwith as they prepared to move against the Principium Legus. Later, Maeve Mortem made her much-anticipated debut, magic and motion dazzling as she danced with Lady Lena. Circumcurry then cut in, offering Maeve immortality along with a dance perfected from long study of old books. But there is a thing to being alive, and from a place which is alive, and knowing things which have not been written in books. When Maeve transitioned into a dance that was forbidden knowledge to the gentry of Shalmir, Circum was made to follow, while Lena shared the lead. And then the lights went out. So last time we were introduced to Shalmir, a city in turmoil. You see, the queen of Shalmir is missing and has been for a while now, leaving the city in a bit of a lurch. Not in least part because its neighbor and border kind of protection geographically from the rest of the world, Burnett, was just taken over, maybe not militarily, by the Undying Empire, which has clamped down its iron fists around the kingdom of Hernet. So, Shamir has been left queenless with a, well, as far as we know, most powerful and intimidating political force on the continent, or maybe in the world, bearing down on them. We met the representatives of that empire in the city, that being, of course, the Proctum Principium Circumsuri, the head of the very new fledgling branch of the Undying Empire here within the city, and their right-hand individual, Claudius York Danfier-in-waiting, second class. The two of them started our evening off with a nice lovely dinner, with the intention of inviting one of the most prominent nobles, one of the few remaining holders of power here in Shalmir with the Queen gone, mainly for this particular dinner, Erstella Vance, who, despite appearing that evening with a 
very lackadaisical and laid-back attitude. He's in fact a master spy and information broker. Of course, also attending was the other member of the aristocracy of Shaumir, the Lady Lena Ramses, a favor and deal broker of great renown within the city. And of course, not to be outdone, bursting through the doors we had first the sailor and Verdreen Nakwith, who made a scene entering as well as having a clandestine conversation with Erstella, whereupon they seemed to make an alliance, presumably against these new order individuals and their undying empire. And, of course, the evening was graced with the presence of our final witch, Maeve Morda, a extremely known and popular performer, currently under the monetary employ of the Undying Empire for outreach and other activities. Maeve was quite the quite the belle of the ball as both Lena Ramses and Circumsuri danced with her and propositioned a, a true alliance, trying to pull her and her influence and allies to their side in what seemed to be the coming conflict. And at the end of that dance, we ended with Maeve disappearing in a burst of fog. The two individuals finishing their clandestine conversation, Nockwith and Erstella Vance, walking down into the now dark room, glowing with the new day's sun, with Claudius York and Lena Ramses baffled by the disappearance of Maeve. And I narrated we hearing the drawing of a dagger. But I suppose now the question is, so by the rules of Hearts and Magic, everyone starts one game before we can think about ending the game. So we're technically halfway through our games if we do the minimum amount. Myself, Benjamin, and Bree have all started one game. So my other three friends here, do either any of you feel compelled to start the next game? I do have one quick question. Are we sure Maeve didn't take Lena with her whenever she vanished? It's a great question. Did Maeve take Lena? That's really interesting. I think the point of the disappearing at the end was multiple things. One, always leave them wanting more. Two, <laughs> she has no idea what the fuck's about to go down. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was very much just a I personally am getting out of Dodge. Yes. Cool. So, so that's a no then. I think so. Now, not that she's like avoiding you necessarily. Like if you found her, it's not that she like she would be like ah. <laughs> but, um, but I think that she's very much so trying to. Push yourself out of there. Distance yeah. herself. She needed a method after getting propositioned by a vampire. That's true. She does love herself a good proposition. <laughs> he got two in one evening. Nice. So, as per the rules of the game, although we can obviously be more loosey-goosey with it, either Faye or Zad would be the, our, our next two. Just do choose a game. 
if we want to keep it within continuity, unless, Fade, you have a flashback or something that you want to do that is outside of, of the present timeline. Figured out what exactly I want to do, what game I want to do, but I will say that Ben mentioned doing the weaving a spell throwback thing, and that would be I, that would be a really interesting like segue at the current moment in time. I just feel a little sad that I'm not picking something intentionally to flirt with people. Oh, don't worry. It'll be pretty charged. There you nice. go. <laughs> so, and also, remember, we're not limited to one game per person, so... Yes. This is so TV, too, to be like, the last thing that you saw was this really climactic moment, and you're like, okay, next episode, we're going to jump right back in. It's like, just kidding. Three years ago. Like, all six of these people being at this manor for this dance, and then the lights to go out, feels a very premeditative circumstance. So, if I could, as you guys are getting into that, just to, to do that, like, table setting, we get the lights going out and the sound of a knife being drawn. Probably there's a shadow being cast from the two sparkly boys who have just walked into the room. And from the middle of the room, what you hear is... <gasps> what? All right. Circum sneezes, and now we can go into the flashback. Tie that one in, Ben. At some point, like, we get a cutaway from the perspective of Knockwith mm-hmm. while they are preparing to head into the room while the dance is going on. And what they see is they see Maeve, and Knockwith gets really distracted for a second and is like, holy shit, is that Maeve? Now we can sort of transition into the flashback. So, Maeve, how long ago did Knockwith and Maeve meet? How old is Knockwith? Knockwith being a plant person, they I think they live a little bit longer. So he he sort of looks like a young adult, but like he's I mean, he might be like 50 or 60. Okay. So I didn't know if like because it was a plant, maybe you were maybe it actually was like a faster life cycle or something like that. Or if you spent X amount of time, like, rooted before you came out of the ground, and that means that you don't have as much lifetime or things like that. I don't know. We have very little lore for Vredrian aside from Plant Gang. So whatever y'all say next is is Plant canon. Gang, Shoulder Vines, the whole, that's all we got, basically. Yeah, we have not established anything else. I will say, I actually think that Knockwith and Maeve have known each other for quite some time. I don't think that they've worked together a ton but I think that they have more because I was thinking about this you were thinking about Knockwith? I was just thinking about a a number of things for the game but especially in regards to like the fact that they're casting spells together and have grown quite close I think that Maeve is not actually human I think that she appears to be human and takes the efforts needed to continue to, like, glamour herself so she looks human. But I think that when you actually see her as she normally is, parts of her crackle and dissipate at the edges, 
and I don't know exactly what to call it, but I was thinking effectively the vert, like a, a thunderstorm version of a siren. Oh. That's why a lot of like her stuff is like elementally and like why she can kind of just disappear and mist is because she's just kind of a part of that anyway and all of those things. Here's what I want to ask you now. Was that what Maeve was born as or did Maeve dig too deeply into the well of like elemental magic and was transformed into that? Because that is something those are two equally likely things in our world so far. I actually think she was born that way. And I think some of the scarring that she has is when she deviates too much from her like stormy miss. Yeah. Like particularly when fire. she uses fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and so that has made, that's made parts of her a bit more smoky instead of like misty, like parts of her, like when her edges get ethereal used to be almost this fog and now almost is like, darker, thicker smoke like you'd get from a fire. So, what do beings that are Maeve call themselves? Yeah, I think because this is just the way that I name things, uh, I think that they are called the Buria. Buria? Yes, which is B-U-R-Y-A that is apparently, according to Google Translate, uh, Russian for the word Tempest. Hell yeah. Sick. Yes. It's all about the storms. I think that they might come in different forms of like, if you're more of like a, like a thunderstorm or more of like a hurricane or, you know, kind of a natural disaster-y vibe. A Buria that's from a desert would have more sand related, like sandstorm related powers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They'd walk well, around and be like, da, 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 Yeah. So I can do a really good, Darude sandstorm sound, but I'm choosing not to for y'all. Thank you. I also like the the name Borea because it kind of reminds me of the word Borea, like Borealis. Borealis so there's, yeah. there's yeah. Sort of like what I thought you were doing. Quality through that, there might started. be like Boreal Borea. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that I think that having having like people who use sort of light and it's it's less specifically elemental of the you know typical fire earth you know, or like if you're doing like wood and stone and whatever, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. depending on which it, it's, it's kind of its own thing of specifically weather. Or would there be like earthquake for you? Earthquakes are weather, right? Like, earthquake, kind of? I mean, yeah, I think. I don't no. fucking know, are dude. Weather? Do you consider plate tectonics weather? <laughs> like, look, it, the interesting thing to me, right, is like the idea of like the verdrine are natural processes of plants, right? Like, mm-hmm. like grow out of the ground, and buria are natural processes that affect the ground. Is a way to think about it, almost. Yeah, and I think I think they are. I think I think they they, they seem very airy to me. So we might have like a night buria or a, a, a boreal buria or windy. Yeah. Yeah, stars and winds and like those kinds of mm-hmm. things. If there is something that is more like volcanic activity, plate tectonics, and a person like people who are derived from that in a similar way to the Buria are derived from weather, that would just be something completely different. Yeah, it could be. It could be that they're like like related or two sides to a coin or whatever, where you've got the more like energy based version, and then you've got like the more 
tactile based one, and that's where you'd get like the fire, <laughs> the the passion yeah. of that, and whatever. We can make dirt gang later. Anyway, <laughs> so that was incredible. So we hear is that someone deeply rooted to sea and the sea plant life and a storm get together to weave a spell. You are here to create a powerful spell, the type that needs time, magical components, and two magic users, and will have a more powerful effect than any one person could create on their own. So, weaving the spell. Decide together what effect you want your spell to have. The effect can be as grand or as narrow as you see fit. Take turns choosing one component, one craft, and one cost. So first, what kind of spell are y'all going to craft? Do you have any specific goals in mind? No, but I think I think that this is not necessarily related to the mission. I think that this is the last time we see each other for actually a very long time. So we've been friends for a while, and then I think that after we do this... Maybe the first time you see me is, is at the... Is like that moment of like during that dance and the dinner and all that. Yeah, exactly. Like I haven't seen you for years. And the last time I saw you, we did this thing. And I don't think the Undying Empire invading was even a twinkle in anyone's eyes at this point. This was mostly us just kind of anti the queen and or the lords and ladies of like just being like. This is just something for the city. Yeah. Or if it's just something that like we're trying to do just our efforts. And I wonder if maybe there's sort of like a co-mentorship thing going on. Maybe we're trying to learn about each other's magic in sort of a, 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 a kind of a kind of a semi-intimate way. Like this is like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. What better way to learn? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Entirely understand each other. Yeah, we got it. What if you're trying to create something so that make it so like. Magic can never be fully sealed away, making it so, like, people can't, like, contain magic or, like, destroy the knowledge of what you learn or how to interact with it. I like that, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a little, little something-something on there. A lot of what's going on is because a ley line kind of tr- is traveling through the city, like, moved its way over. What if we were doing that to literally, like, like, it's, a, it's literally like a ley line snare? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are the reason that the ley line moved over yeah. the city, which brought the Undying Empire here in the first place. So that's a much better idea. My idea was like making the harbor like supernaturally safe and and thus like kind of cementing it as a place of like influence for y'all. But that sounds I don't know great. why in my head, the spell in the harbor, which is y'all sitting on the shore just spinning in the water a lot. I don't know why that would in my mind. We're just our little feet and being like, oh, isn't this nice? <laughs> you and me go fishing in the dark. <laughs> so the player with the strongest magic goes first. Who who do we think that is? I mean, I want it to be Maeve. I'm pretty sure it's Maeve. Well, I think at this point, Maeve definitely has the stronger magic but is less in control of it. I think Maeve is... Yeah, yeah, I think that mine's a bit more volatile at this point. Strong does not mean control. Yeah, Knockwith is very in control of his Mm -hmm. magic and uses it a lot and very casually, so he's he's really familiar with it. Yeah. Okay, 
Verdreen have always been very focused on process and fostering sustainability. Storms are fickle, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. Think they rage real, real hard, and you're like, oh my god, and then they're over, and there's that calm, and you're like, oh, weird. And, and I it think smells that smells nice, and it's so safe and cool. Yeah, Maeve always smells real good. <laughs> Incredible. She is, in terms of goals, trying to find that idea of like the calm within the storm. Of like, that's what she and Knockwith have been working on. Of like, yo, yes, you've got a lot of just raw power here, but you have to be able to calm it down, or it's going to consume you. Especially because of what we're doing right now, which is going to magnify our powers even more. Yeah. Well, perfect. So you are going to choose one component. So you're going to want to describe the component's meaning to you and to bring out the qualities of your own magic to bear. So whether the components are getting their power from the natural form, their ritual use, or the power you imbue them, right? So the, the game has some components written down, like a chip of stone from your childhood home, dissolved in acid, a bolt of lightning held in clouded quartz, a crystal glowing purple light mined from a distant land. It can be anything, right? Just what is what is a physical object that Maeve would use when creating this powerful spell to, to draw a ley line? And what makes it powerful? I think that this is an idea that I've I've used in the past, but I love I love a lot of it and I think it fits really well here. So Maeve for this component of the spell pulls out a fulgurite? Do you know what that is? Is that so, like a like a coffee rock? Like a, a fulgurite? No, so <laughs> god damn it. No, yeah, so Joe. a fulgurite yes. is is commonly called fossilized lightning. What the fuck? It's it's isn't it when lightning strikes sand and makes like a tube of glass or something? That is correct. Yeah. Yes. Oh. So you, like if you unearth it without breaking it, you can see the shape of this branching lightning bolt essentially that you dig out of the sand. So I think that this is from when she was younger and we live on a coast, we live in a harbor. So I would say it was on the beach. I think she called her first storm and it created this fulgurite that she has had and, and kept because it was like the first manifestation of her magic and her power. So I think that that is what she has decided to use for her component. I love that. That's so cool. Incredible. I just want to know, bringing out this piece of fulgurite, is it a nostalgic happy? Is it a mournful, sad? Like, what kind of emotions does seeing this object, which I'm guessing you ha either haven't looked at at all for a long time or rarely take out, like, what kind of emotions does that bring up for me? When she decided to grab it, it was a bit of a somber moment of like, wow, okay, like I'm really letting this go. But I think that since she created it, she has been waiting for the right time to use it. So there's a, a great sense of satisfaction and this is what this was for. All right. So then Knockwith, you are gonna choose the craft. So this is the how, right? So a circle of ash and a circle of rose water around the components and yourselves back to back with your eyes closed, seated next to the component. What does this spell look like, the, the process of casting it here? 
Yeah, let's see here. So the one in here is two hands clasped around each other, holding the component close. But I think it's Maeve's hands around the thing, and then Knockwit's fronds, his 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 vines wrapped around it. And then what he is doing is he is holding Maeve by the shoulders with his actual hands and kind of clutching right up around the collarbone shoulder region there, just sort of gently in kind of a gesture that's like, okay, don't fly away on me here once it starts getting really weird. I think that the further along in this process we are, the more ethereal she gets. Mm -hmm. And that's actually, I think, why you're also holding on to the component because her hands, like she has to really, really focus to make sure her hands don't disappear. And the reason he's doing the vines, he's holding the vine, uh, the component with the vines is at one point, Knockwith explained how the Verdrine channel their man their their magic. And it's very it's very language based. You know, he explains that Verdrine language is simultaneous sign language and spoken because they use their vines to like make shapes and gestures and they use touch. Plants can't see and they can't hear, but they can feel touch. So the way the Verdrine touch plants, the plants actually feel that as communication. And so what he's doing is he's connecting with this stone and actually like hearing its thoughts. He says, but when you're powerful enough and focused enough, you can even speak to the earth itself. And so he's like wrapped around here and he's like con- trying to connect with it while also trying to like maintain a connection with you so that you don't like just shoot straight up into the sky and start like a three-day hurricane event. Yeah. And before we get to the really juicy bit of weaving a spell, I, I just want to know, what do you think Benjamin the Fulgurite is saying? So the Fulgurite was made when Maeve struck something with light, right? First storm. Yeah, first storm ever. And so if we think about lightning, it it comes from the clouds and the clouds are connecting to the earth because of like some some charged stuff. Yeah, it's it's Lex is making some gestures like that's not perfectly accurate. I know. I mean, technically it's going from the ground to the sky, it's sort of technically technically <laughs> Actually, you know what? I really actually I like that correction. It going from the ground to the sky is way more romantic. And I think what it is, is Lightning Bolt actually has in it a message. Literally, there is a message planted inside the Fulgurite. And the message says, if we are ever parted, the seas will bring us together again. So now we have an Earth God that's in love with the Sky God. (laughs) Maybe. And the sea who is either their matchmaker or... Like, I was sort of thinking that it was like a longing from like someone who had walked like it could be a mortal sent that wish into the heavens and the earth kept it and finally the Fulgurite connected it and then Knockwith heard it or it could be deities it could be any number of things it's just that's what came there it's a message in the bottle so as a mythology enjoyer I was going to say actually in Egyptian mythology the sky and earth are a pair of gods that were married and were separated to keep them from making kids 
um, because it was destined that their kid be badasses that would ruin everything. They're too strong. Yeah. <laughs> so that is that is a thing in in actual mythology somewhere. That's it's common in Greek mythology too. There's a lot of like outside of the gods, outside of the Titans, there was just Gaia and Uranus and like you know whatever and going into all of that. So. Mm-hmm. If we are ever parted, the seas will bring us back together again. That's the message on there. All right. And Maeve, there's only one more thing that a spell needs, which is a cost. So this is a cost Maeve will pay. Not might, will pay whether the spell works or not. So some of the suggestions are a friend of yours or one of your soldiers will lose something dear to them. If you could once form images in your mind, you will no longer be able. No light will warm your skin nor breeze cool it for months or even years. Your sleep will be forever troubled by nightmare or restlessness. What kind of cost is Maeve willing to pay to draw this ley line here? Because I think it will be dramatic if it comes up potentially, I think. And also because I think that this would be kind of catastrophic for her and she knows that you need to pay a very big cost for something like this i think that the line of no light will warm your skin nor breeze cool it for months or even years as someone who is a light and breeze being essentially is almost giving up an aspect of herself and i think maybe even in the aftermath of this she has a hard time ever becoming ethereal again like she is more human in in the wake of this i don't know if it's if it's like we're this we were doing this theoretically years ago right Mm -hmm. so i think that at least as of the dance tonight that is still the cost is still being paid yes i wonder if this cost was god how does mave feel about well before you ask that question there's one more line, one more little paragraph. When your partner chooses a cost, this is for you, Benjamin, you may choose to pay that cost for them instead and take the consequences upon yourself. You must tell the player, but you may you decide yourself if your character tells their character, meaning that Maeve wouldn't necessarily know that Knockwith took this hit. Why are you willing to pay their cost for them? that I had a thought of maybe this spell, if it works or not, it still takes a long time for that ley line to move. So what if yeah. the cost continues until the ley line arrives and then you're like... The ley line has finally shifted as of the beginning of this game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe she was expecting it to end and it hasn't yet. And she's like, what's happening? <laughs> I believe that Knockwith does take the cost. The, the light can't help him, which is devastating for a plant boy. And he cannot feel the breeze, even though he's a sailor, right? So like that, one of those simple joys is lost to him. And I think that's partially why he begged, begged Urstella for his light, because he knew that we were getting close to the, the, the situation maybe finally being over all these years later, but 
he's just desperate. Like we're talking a, a, a man who's been starving for years for something that is like very much a part of him. And I think he doesn't tell me. I think when it concludes, he's just like, yep, just that simple. Easy stuff. Let's do it again sometime. But honestly, I think he's filled with like, it's kind of hurtful to him. Like it's like, he immediately regrets what he did. And this is probably why we haven't talked in a while either. Cannot mm-hmm. stand to go near Maeve. Not because he hates her or anything, but just because it just is so... Reminds hard. you what you gave up. Yeah. So, my question then is, since she knew what cost she would be paying theoretically... That was you... That was me as a player. So, so she doesn't know. I understand. I she doesn't know. Gotcha. We got that good, good dramatic irony. Maybe the Fulgurite like told you what the cost was because mm. you were able to communicate with it. Maybe and so you were like, yeah. oh, like because because it's like all it's it's her stuff. She's the one sort of at the center of it, and it's like this is what's going to happen. And you're like, oh shit. Nope, <laughs> can't do this. She's too young. It'll break her. She's a newbie. Let's not. Yeah. Uh, also, just a thought: the ley line, like the actual like pathways it travels looks like Bulgarite. <gasps> yeah, it's like a yeah. I love it. Incredible. It normally went this way, but because of you because of the use of the Fulgurite, it branched another direction and just mm-hmm. kind of splintered out from there. So there are other areas around this city that have this like magic sort of spewing forth from them. It's not just our city, it's all of Shomir, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess I had another follow up question. What exactly was Anakwith and Maeve's relationship sort of leading up to that? Because they, I mean, they were very close to even think about doing this. And then Nakwith just disappeared. Yeah, I think that they had some level of of that understanding of like, you, you understand me in a way that a lot of people don't just on like a fundamental level and not even necessarily like, emotionally or like physically but like just in a in a very base foundational way of who you are as a person it's like you just get it and if you don't you don't and and like that's that's just how it is and so i think that you are also one of the only people in the city that Maeve has told or that knows that she's not human and that would have been like we would have had to be incredibly close friends at the very least mm-hmm. in order to pull that off. And this would have been before she was like an entertainer too. So, so nobody. Yeah, she was. She probably honestly just worked at some little shop somewhere, making little trinkets or or things like that, or or helping out as just like a shop hand. And they would run away into the woods and work on their magic together, and and do all of that stuff and and collect other witches from around being like oh hey like how are you doing and that's that's how it all kind of started was mm-hmm. then and I think when you disappeared Maeve was like okay that's when she stepped up and like started to like really pull yeah. these people together yeah oh my god okay I have it they would have been lovers but they were so young that that wasn't even on their mind. I'm going to say this wasn't like a few years ago. This was like decades ago. Like they were actually, it was like a my girl situation. They were basically kids. 
this is like we were the beginning of a rom-com and then it just like fizzled out. <laughs> and then and then they ran out of funding at the studio. <laughs> they scrapped the project. Everyone's looking at Knockwith and Maeve like hanging out a lot and they're like, oh, those two are going to get married like immediately when they're of age. And then they did this ritual because they're kids. They don't know what they're fucking with. Mm-hmm. And Knockwith takes the hit and then it's like, oh man. And most of his life hasn't fucking felt anything. <laughs> and most of his oh, life he has not great. felt the sun or the breeze. No Oof. wonder he's down to kill someone. Tragic. Oh, I heavy. love it. And for Maeve, it's like, <sighs> we did this together and you just abandoned me. And yeah. so I, you know, she threw herself into being like, all right, well, I'm just going to create something for myself. I don't know what that's going to be yet, but I'm going to collect the people that I need to. And that's just what she's been doing. Oh, all right. So once you finish creating the spell, the players who were not playing weaving a spell may decide whether or not the spell succeeds. If any player feels that the effect of that spell was intended to have is too much or the costs paid, costs paid are too few, they may declare the spell failed. The costs are still paid, but the effect is lost forever or reduced at the consensus of the players who did not participate in weaving the spell. So I think that the resolution of this is it obviously worked, but it also mm-hmm. took way longer than I think you intended or hoped, right? It took like 20 years and came at the worst time. Well, and that would have been insane too when when it happened and I, and like Maeve and Knockwith, who are not together, are like, oh, fuck. Oh, the ley line's here. Oh, it's happening. Knockwith has probably never forgotten. How could he? But Maeve hasn't probably even thought about it. She probably would have just written it off as like, I guess that didn't work. That sucks, Ooh. you know? Mm-hmm. When it sucks that we lost our friendship over it, that was stupid. Yeah. I also f- feel like possibly Nogwit, you couldn't feel the sun, but you could do some amount of photosynthesis. It's just kind of like, it's like being able to eat, but nothing has taste to it. So that's how you're not dead. Yeah. So imagine, if you will, what do you think the sun tastes like to plants? If they could bees. taste, probably taste pretty good. It tastes like bees. You're right. You're right, Lex. That's the correct answer. But no, yeah. Actually, I, I think it's right. like, not <laughs> definitely can get energy from the sun. Mm-hmm. It just isn't satisfying. Yeah. It's the same as they, like, one of the other costs that they have on here is you will never again taste your favorite meal. It will be ash in your mouth. And it's yeah. essentially that, but worse. By taking on the cost... It is that, but for for Knockwith. And then with the added benefit of being like, I never feel the breeze also. Like, yeah, I can never feel what it's like to shift with the, the rest of the trees and the other plants. And it's like... What if when the ley line clicked into place it was the first time in year that he felt the breeze? Might be. That might be how he knew. Incredible. The yeah, cost it, like, wasn't it, like, came all pay, but you, you started to feel it again. You're like, oh. Okay. Yeah, definitely, definitely <laughs> we're, we're understanding why Nockwith has just been bursting open doors. <laughs> I'm awake again. Next game, everyone. That was a good one. This brief break has been brought to you by Mildred's dog. We're not we're not sponsored. Ben's dog. Um, <laughs> Ben's dog. Mildred sponsors us. Mm-hmm. 
Vote for Mildred. For what? For what I don't should know. we just vote? Does that yeah. mean that like he's gonna like feel this light? I don't know if he can feel it yet, but I think it, it's doing what it needs to do for him, right? That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> or was that the first time that he felt what sunlight feels like? It was like supercharged gut sunlight. So just the moment, oh, wow, this is a power. Ow, 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 ow. And the shoulder fins came out. Hey, that's still what she said. I definitely feel like it. <laughs> it doesn't feel like the sunlight he hasn't been feeling for twenty years. It felt even more so. You know when you like, when you like open your phone like in the middle of the night and the screen oh, is yeah, brighter yeah. than you want it to be, so like your eyes kind of burn a little bit as they adjust. Uh-huh. And that's what I imagine it feels yeah. like on his body at this light. It's like, oh, fuck, and like <laughs> it's not like a bad pain necessarily, but you're like, oh no. Or, or like when it's Texas and it's a hundred degrees outside, and you walk outside and you're just like, ugh. Thank you for listening to Gamewoven. Please give us a follow on Twitter at at Gamewoven. Join the Discord, support the Patreon, and consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. This week's episode featured Faye Morell at Mendari M E N. D-A-R-I-I on Twitch and Twitter. <laughs>